Welcome, everybody, to Doom Clock. That sounds weird to say. I had to stop for a second and think about it. It is the debut of our Shiver TTRPG actual play Twitch stream and podcast. Whether you are watching this live or listening to this in podcast format, uh, thank you all so much for coming and enjoying this content, hopefully. Why don't we start off by just going around the table and we'll have everybody... In case you missed Session Zero, I, I know Session Zeros aren't everybody's thing, while character building and things like that. So we'll just maybe do who you are, and then character name, anything you want to give about your character, any characteristic traits or physical traits you want to give about, and then what your, what are they called in, in Shiver? Classes? Archetype. Yeah, like horror movie archetype, yeah. If we don't have any volunteers, we'll just go around the uh, stream overlay. All right. Hi, I'm Jeremy, and I am playing Theodore Copper. Theodore Copper is like a tall, skinny male. He has short brown hair. He was born in 1891, and he grew up and he ended up fighting in World War One and all this kind of stuff. And he got involved with the watch. I believe it was in like 1917 or 1918, something along that time. But I am the scholar and my background is scientist. So he's kind of a an extremely geeky fellow, a little bit anxious, a little nervous, but he's highly intelligent and uh, he seems to pull it off when he needs to. He hasn't died yet. <laughs> he hasn't died yet. Just a uh, cliff note. Uh, this is the first mission of the watch. So <laughs> that's not a huge accomplishment. That's true. He did make it through World War One still, but he only fought for one year. So I don't know if I would make it a year. Let's go around to uh, top right of the stream for Corsair, a.k.a. Hollow Invective. Hey everybody, I'm Hollow Invective. I am going to be playing uh, Corsair Jones. Corsair was born around the uh, the 1940s, uh, 1940s, 1950s. It's a little fuzzy for him. Corsair's had a rough life around some uh, experimentation that was done to him, and his archetype is uh, the survivor. He is a uh, typically a, a well dressed individual, but we're going to uh, the past today, so uh, I gotta get on this get up. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy did remind me when he said that he's a um, scholar and his background is scientist. What is Corsair's background? I forgot that there's backgrounds that you could pick also. Corsair's background is the sheriff. I actually have a, I have a hybrid background because I have the, uh, the experiment of flaw. Okay. And then we'll go down and loop back around. So we'll go down to uh, Danny next. Hi. I'm Danny, and I'm going to be playing Gwyn. Hi, guys. I was born in 1989 and plucked from my life in 2018. So some of you may recognize Gwyn from the internet. She is a socialite, is her background, or her archetype, rather. And she spends a lot of her time online. She's got a great social media presence. And uh, her background is the lawyer. So she's really good at talking. For some reason, I've, I've prepped for this for so much, so long. And I never really put two and two together and pictured that character, Gwen, in medieval times, first of all, and in that <laughs> outfit. Yeah. So that's going to be super fun tonight. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you should at least watch like one stream sometime, either on video on demand or watch one live. It's worth it to see everybody's outfits. And and by the way, we will be having all the podcast release. So for the full hunt will always be out prior to the next hunt going out. 
which means that if you're caught up on the podcast, you can come in and watch a Twitch stream. If you're caught up on the Twitch streams, you'd be able, and you miss a Twitch stream, you'd be able to listen to the podcast coming up. So you can kind of mix and match if that's your thing. And I, I suggest that. And we'll go down to last, but certainly not least, Happy, aka Joe. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm Joseph Timmis. I will be playing Eugene Gluck, a.k.a. Pappy, and uh, I was born in 1968. I am a fool drifter, and uh, I'm just lucky to be here, I guess. Yes, you are. Right before we hop into the show, I just want to mention the stream sponsor, Abidesteria. If you haven't yet checked out Abidesteria, you can go to abidesteria.com, and it is a completely 100% free system that you can play. It's a fantasy meets sci-fi ttrpg where as long as you've got a standard deck of 52 playing cards you can play it you don't need any dice you don't need anything else besides the internet connection and a deck of cards so go check that out at abidesteria.com uh, super cool we also have a play where jeremy and ernest were uh, part of it and dragbait uh but dragbait's not here so we don't need to talk about dragbait i'm sorry dragbait if you're watching and without further ado, we will hop in to the debut episode of Doom Clock. We will be starting tonight off in the Watch Headquarters. So the Watch Headquarters are pretty well uh, furnished. We left off a little bit of a cliffhanger in Session Zero. So in Session Zero, we kind of just fast-tracked it to the hunt starting. But we'll take just one step back from there and just ask what, what everyone's up to at the watch prior to whenever a mission comes about, there are these blue kind of like rope lights. They just line all the rooms throughout the entire HQ. And whenever they all go blue and the other lights dim, that means that uh, you're supposed to meet up in the, the kind of the war room. But before that, you all could be hanging out and doing anything you want. What would you all be doing prior to that hunt starting? So have we received information that we're doing this yet? Or are we like not even gotten the call yet? No, it's all a little bit fuzzy to you all. They never go into much detail in explaining it. All Benjamin ever tells you is that the higher ups have a way of studying the net, the flow of history, and they can see when a line of history deviates. And whenever that happens, it usually means that this thing, whatever this thing is that you all are hunting, has killed somebody that has not supposed to have been killed. And what that means is that it's probably going to still be in that area for at least a little bit of time. And then that's when, as soon as they see that ripple, they call on you all, you all suit up, they send you to a certain area, a certain year, and it's kind of a matter of time at that point. But in between those, before any of those ripples happen, you all just kind of have free reign to uh, hang out in the HQ and um, do whatever you want to pass the time. So we're like firemen. We're like a firehouse personnel, but for time. Yeah, yeah. There's probably one or two fire poles in, uh, in the watch because it's probably multi-level. I think we did establish, so we world built this a little bit and you are in the basement of IBM. So being in the basement, it's probably multi-leveled basement though. So there's probably at least one or two fire poles. So for those that didn't catch episode zero, Theodore was born in 1890. So in like the early 20th century, like 1905, 1910, he worked for IBM, which his uncle was actually one of the founders of. And 
he was into computing back then, even though computing back then is not the same as computing now. But now that he lives in this, you know, in this area where he can go to the future, into the past, and he knows all this crazy computer technology, I think he probably spends most of his free time uh, either researching things or trying to enhance his knowledge on computers and trying to learn about modern computers and maybe even future computers, depending on the technology we have. AKA playing Fortnite. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there there are like full server rooms filled with computers with any kind of software you're looking for, whether it be Fortnite or you just browsing some Wikipedia. Playing Age of Empires 2. Yeah. Uh, oldie but a goodie. That room, by the way, is very, very cold. It's very chilly in that computer room slash server room. What's uh, Pappy Gwynn and Corsair doing in their downtime? I think Pappy may have walked past the vending machine again. I was struggling with it. I got a lot of cupcakes that I really don't want. You know, I'm just kind of sitting here just like dumbfounded. It's like I'm looking at the jerky I wanted and I'm looking at the cupcakes that I have. Toss them over my shoulder. Mad. <laughs> I forgot about you and those goddamn vending machines. Yeah, uh, of course, their vending machines uh, do not get along. And uh, Pappy is uh, apparently the, the, the king of them. Yeah, anytime Pappy walks by an ATM... Or a vending machine, <laughs> they just spill their contents. Okay, Gwen and Pappy? Gwen is probably hanging out in the costume room with Caleb, working on some TikToks, because <laughs> with a wardrobe like that, how can you not? Okay, when we say costume room, I want to make sure that everybody, you four, the audience, are all imagining this costume room. It is... Vast would be an understatement. Picture the, the room in the Matrix. Yeah, that's it. Where it's just a big white room, a bunch of racks of like guns pop up. But instead of guns, it's just clothes. And well, there may be also guns because this is also the room where you get a your equipment for defense, whether that be swords and shields in medieval times to laser rifles in, in the future. Uh, whatever it is that you need, this is the room to be it. And it sounds like Gwen and Caleb are just kind of snapping some pictures and uh, making a few talks in there. Okay. Pappy, what's Pappy up to? Well, it depends. He's either playing billiards or do we need a clearance to get into that room? Do we have to be on a mission? She's taking pictures. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so a couple of things with this being episode one that I think makes sense to get established. One, you four are the only members of this new experimental group, the watch, which is part of IBM. Apple watch, IBM watch. (laughs) (laughs) The irony was not lost on me. (laughs) You four kind of have some leeway here because nobody quite knows where you fall in the order of authority. You four are risking your lives to not to sugarcoat it at all to save the universe. So nobody's really telling you what to do much. At the same time, the only person you ever really see other than automated, maybe Theodore, um, AI, like maybe like a little clippy AI will pop up on his computers every once in a while. Like, I see you're trying to send an email. But other than that, it's really just Benjamin. Benjamin kind of runs the whole thing down here in this sub-basement. 
you know there's other employees. Obviously, IBM has other employees and Benjamin's always talking about these higher ups, but Benjamin's really like the point of contact that you have down here. And Benjamin would never stop you from going into that room. So yes, Pappy, you can go into that room. Pappy is playing around in that room, trying to summon anything and anything that pops into his head. Finalizing on beef jerky. (laughs) And uh, Corsair, a bunch of beef jerky starts to fall out of your vending machine as you're (laughs) sitting there as if willed by Pappy. Oh, Oh, he might be all right. Might be all right. So have we all already have gone on missions before and we have been part of the watch or what's the deal here right so let's establish that also you all have never been on a mission yet you all were recruited a few months back but nothing's happened in months two events have happened prior to you for joining that ibm noticed were these anomalies and They didn't have anything they could do about it. They noticed it. Time and history did change, and they were just left hanging, and they they had no way of fixing that. And that's when they decided, hey, we need to form some kind of squad to go in and fix this before it happens again. So there have been two events. Each event has happened where it will be a blip on that net that they're watching or monitoring. It's always less than 13 hours that there will be more kind of disappearances and murders that happen throughout history. After a 13-hour window, it just seems to stop. So that's why they created these bracers to be able to send you all back in time, 13 hours. And you four were the lucky four that were recruited for this experimental group. So you have not yet had the chance for another one of these blips to happen where you need to go back until... Right now, when you see that blue line fill every room you're in, Gwen and Pappy, this is usually a really bright white room where you can see really everything, all the details, the finest details about these outfits and weapons. The room dims quite significantly, and then you see those blue lights going around the far edges of this massive room. Corsair, you and your uh, your break room, <laughs> all the lights kind of dim except for the vending machines, and then you see the blue lights go around. And Theodore, the server room's already kind of dim, but you do see that line of blue light go around the edge of the room. So my my skin's no longer the brightest thing in the room. No, it is now the bluest thing in the room. But I guess besides the light, maybe not. And that means that you all are supposed to report to Benjamin in the war room. All right, I'll start heading off uh, off into the main room. Um, um, guys, what's what's going on out here? Guys, guys, um, hello. What's up, Theo? What are you yelling about? It's always something with you. Don't you see all the lights? What does that mean? It means we go to the war room. Let's go. It means we actually have a job. And we ain't getting paid for nothing. Come on, let's go. What, 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 what happened? Do we have to call it the war room? Well, what do you want to call it, Pappy? Party room sounds more fun to me. Well, let's go to the party room then. I'm game. Let's go. You all arrive at the party room and Benjamin is there. And there is this large circular platform that kind of comes out of the ground a little bit. And then it's got this, it's like a hologram coming out from it where Benjamin is using his finger and kind of moving things around. You can see that it is a map of the the globe and he can kind of pinch it and zoom in. And he looks at you for and says, all right, guys. Higher up, say we got another one. 
there was a stable boy that was murdered in 1215 England. So they don't think he was the target because, I mean, he wasn't super well known and there wasn't any large ripples through history yet. So that means that this thing's going to kill again. So uh, we got to head out and suit up. Wait, wait, we don't even know who we're actually trying to save. We don't. But what we've known from past experiences is that there's usually one specific target, but it usually will happen to have a couple other collateral kills along the way, which it seems like this stable boy Ambrose was. So that doesn't mean it's not going to kill others that aren't the target. So it very well may kill multiple other people. So when you guys get back there, you're going to have to try to save anybody you can. You can't just focus on just one target because every single death, no matter how unnotable they may seem in the grand scheme of things, it could have ripple effects or generations. So it doesn't matter how well known they are. It doesn't matter how wealthy they are, how high of status they have in society. That person's going to have a net impact on everybody's life that they're ever going to meet throughout their entire lives. So... They may go on to have kids, and those kids are also going to have net impacts, positive or negative, on everybody that they meet. I want to really stress this, this being your guys' first hunt, we can't kill any people. If for some reason things start popping off, people start attacking you all, defend yourselves non-lethally, because every death is going to have butterfly effect. You know, we talked about this in classrooms, PowerPoints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Theodore's raising his hand. Yeah, Theodore? Um, you're coming with us, right? Oh, no. We've never done this before. We need some sort of leader or captain. Oh, I thought... What's Margaret doing? Is Margaret coming? Um, I thought one of you five would just kind of take off the mantle. I'm more of an admin. Support from here. No, no, this is fine. This is, this is just classic government shit. They're gonna, they're gonna throw us in there, eyes blind, and expect us to just get the job done. We'll equip you, and uh, if you need to, try to keep it hidden, but your bracers will be able to communicate with me directly while you're in there. So I'll be here in spirit. So, like, what if someone attacks us? I can't kill them? I'm just supposed to get stabbed? We just run away. Not if they're faster than you, Gwen. I like the idea, but if they're faster than you, just, like, try to knock them out and then run away. Mm. I mean, absolute last resort, you four are obviously meant to be the saviors of time. So that's a lot. It's a whole lot there. You know, just tossing all my paw on my lap. So you four are super important. So push come to shove. I don't want to just give you all a license to kill, if that makes sense. But it would be the absolute last resort. Otherwise, you try to knock them out, subdue them if any people are trying to attack. If there's like a wolf, you know, a bear that tries to attack you, just, I mean, you could kill a bear. I don't think that's going to do... <laughs> Can we? Too much of the timeline. Here's a, here's the thing I want to ask you. If we're meant to save time and, and we happen to murder somebody who's a little too over-aggressive, isn't that really just us saving time? I mean, it was meant to be, right? Well, I mean, that's going to be something that I'd have to bring up with the higher-ups. This could probably be a lot of paperwork anytime that happens. Well, I mean, you're an admin, so uh, you got it. I believe in you. <laughs> so, 1215? Yeah, 12.15, so if we want, we can head over to the... And it's actually the room, the costume room, is what Danny called The costume room's actually connected to this, this door, this war room. Party room, pardon me. I'm not the smartest man. Where are we going in 12.15? You all are going to be going to England. 
Have you ever been there? Present day, past day? You all ever been to England? I have. It was lovely. I think I should sit this one out. I don't need to be going to England in 1215. Yes, the the last time I was in England, it was pretty scary. You know, there's a lot of guys sitting around a table signing some documents in 1215. You know, know, I I, I think it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Nothing could go wrong there. Yeah, you know, I should, uh, I'm going to need this crossbow. A (laughs) crossbow? I had a lot of them. You know, that's the the plague and the, the... Oh, yeah, there's going to be probably a lot of rodents, Pappy. I do apologize for that. You know, when the Germans attacked, that was all because of people signing some documents, too. Now, now look at us here. Yeah, you're right. I better, I better get this hidden knife, too, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to grab a dagger and uh, hmm. a holy relic. So we have worked our way into the, the, the costume room now. For listeners, viewers... What we do here in Shiver, it is a very new system, which is very fun because that means that we don't really have any kind of touchstone for how to run an actual play for Shiver. So we get to make stuff up as we go. And how we're doing that is the Shiver core rulebook. If you don't have it, you should get it. It's probably like $20 now. We got it on Kickstarter, so I'm not very sure. But they have got a ton of weapons that go across all time periods, which is what birthed this show, because I've had this idea for a show for a while, but there's no TTRPG systems that could work it like Shiver does. Because Shiver is a time period flexible, and they have got a lot of medieval-style equipment and armor statted up. So what we're doing is we're just letting our four players pick anything within reason that they would like to, to bring back into 1215 because can't bring in a laser rifle and then expect to not completely just fuck time. (laughs) Somebody would invent a laser rifle the next day and then who knows what's going to happen from there. So it sounds like Corsair is going with the crossbow and hidden knife. And maybe like a sap, just so, uh, you know, uh, Benjamin uh, feels, you know, better. Okay. And Gwen went with the, uh, I heard the Holy Relic. The Holy Relic and uh, Silver Dagger. Silver Dagger. Okay. Any armor for either of you two before we move on to the other two? I couldn't find any that made any sense. Okay. You don't need armor. Armor and Shivers kind of, it's very unique from like Dungeons and Dragons or anything whereas it will have like so many hit points it can take and if you roll luck you don't damage it but if it does take damage it can break so I mean it's not like necessary like in Dungeons and Dragons it's better to have but if one of you want to get a full set of like plate armor that could be fun but then you would be very slow I'm fine Theodore and Pappy You, you go ahead Theo it's all on you I think it'd be nice to have like a little short sword, then maybe like a like a dagger or a hidden knife. Like I feel like I could sneak back like a eighteen hundreds lighter, and even though it's too advanced, it won't break the timeline if I lost it. So I think a lighter would be really helpful to have. And like a pen and paper would be pretty useful. And you know, other than that, just like a dagger and sword. I was thinking like if we have these devices on our wrists that let us teleport and communicate what would like a pen really matter? What if we lose that? Yeah. So what those, uh, those, dev- those braces on your wrist look like, they, they do look like uh, pretty plain and nondescript metal bracers. And those bracers 
Even if we die, they get teleport back. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, because in case we didn't go over them in Session Zero, and if anybody didn't listen to Session Zero, these bracers are kind of like the number one needed item that you, you don't want to lose because they are used as your communication with Benjamin. They are used to, after 13 hours of you all being back in time, no matter what, they will rip you back to the present. If you're dead, rip you back to the present. If you're alive, rip you back to the present. If you want to, you can use it to come back to the present any other time, but at the 13 hour cutoff, it will bring you back whether you want to or not. So yeah, they've got, they've got a couple gadgets in them that are super helpful. Like, I don't want to just make a big list of things, but like, if I can carry in a backpack, like, would it make sense? Like, oh, I brought some candles and like, oh, I brought a rope with a grappling hook on the end or stuff like that. Like, cause I can carry that and then that'd be useful to have in certain situations. Or is there just no precedent for like common gear? With medieval times, at least, you could probably get away with like a satchel of some sort. There may be some time periods where you might get some weird looks if you had, you know, like a, like a bag, a backpack or something. But as long as you kind of blend in still, it doesn't really raise any red flags. I think it would be fine as long as nobody sees you doing it. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I don't want to like, I would rather for the sake of brevity, like not have to list everything I brought. But at the same time, I think it'd be fun to think of items that I find that would be useful rather than just saying like, oh yeah, I packed that when the time comes. Like actually saying I packed these things and then if something happened, you know, we could come up with a creative solution at that time. How about instead of uh, all four of you having like totes and backpacks and stuff, how about for most time periods, we'll just kind of designate Theo to be the... He'll always try to bring, like, a bag that is time period appropriate. And in that bag slash satchel slash whatever it ends up being for that time, we'll just say that he's got kind of, like, the, the stuff we need. I can make, like, a smarts check or whatever to see if I'm smart enough to have brought this thing. Yeah. And that would be a lot of fun because then if... Theo is ever separated from the group that would be pretty fun because he's got everyone's uh, stuff I like it we'll do that yeah we can say like you can have like small stuff lighters paper pencils stuff like that I can just see like a grappling hook and a lighter and a piece of paper and a pen being very useful in the time period where you have to make fire what are you bringing Pappy um that baseball bat looks nice Pappy it's made of wood Pappy it's non-lethal Benjamin they don't have baseball bats back then. Pap, here, just bring this sword. But that's lethal. Oh, you want... Well, here, bring this uh, morning star. And uh, he takes it and starts hitting on the floor and knocking all the points off. Here, just take this morning star without any points on it. I mean, we could just give him a cudgel. Oh, well, I already broke... Gwen, I broke the morning star already. Let's give him the morning star. He could have both, right? Caleb, will you take this morning star that I broke and we'll say that you broke it uh, because you won't get any trouble but I will and he's holding it out to Caleb Caleb takes it what's a cudgel it's like a baseball bat then why can't I have the baseball bat they won't be because because that says Louisville slugger on it and this doesn't have any writing on it Pappy yeah he's a he's Pappy of Louisville that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> then it was gonna be asking how you engraved that and you're gonna have to explain and Pappy then you, how would you explain that you engraved that, Pappy? Then you tell them you're a wizard, Pappy. Corsair, Corsair, I <laughs> no. want to hear it come out of Pappy's mouth. Wait, I, I tell no. them I'm a wizard. No, you don't tell them that. 
you stole that idea from Corsair. Becky, I want you to get a unique idea of how you would explain the Louisville Slugger being engraved. And tell him I'm a sorcerer. Even better. Happy that's awfully close to Corsair's idea. But it's not Corsair's idea. It's only derivative, and that's fine. It might get you killed. That's the witches. I'm not a witch. Hey, look. The cudgel's a little bit bigger, Pappy. All right, fine. I'll take the cudgel. Okay. It's just going to be easier all around. Is everybody ready? Do we have any rat poison? Uh, Maybe Theo's got some in its bag. Yeah, I figured poison would be pretty useful. I mean... Yeah, Theo, pack some rat poison. You want to get some rat poison? You guys want me to get any poison? You know what? No, I don't trust either of you with poison, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we already got rat poison. That's, I said that's no. fair, of course, Sarah. That's fair. I mean, your cudgel will be great against rats. It'll take them out. It's fine. What if they swarm? I'll just put a little rat poison. I just get a little. There you go. Okay, I'm good. We're good. I'm confident. Yeah, why don't we ask IBM for, I don't know, like a... A, a bubonic plague vaccine. You know, that sounds like a, a thing we should ask for, right? Wouldn't that disrupt the time continuum or whatever? Not if you just give it to us. Yeah, good point. I mean, I've been vaccinated. You haven't been vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> I briefly touched on in Session Zero about vaccines and things like that. And you four have had kind of like the top of the line. They've engineered vaccines that they no longer make anymore or never made because they never needed to in modern medicine because you four would go back in time and almost surely instantly die due to some kind of illness. Uh, so you will be good with that. Uh, so if you all are ready, do you have to go back to the, you all say party room when you came in? I did not say party room. They may have said party room. I did hear somebody say party room. Well, let's head back to the party room and uh, just uh, get the bracers linked up and uh, ready to go. Should be fun, right? Um, This isn't going to hurt, is it? A little late to ask that, right? I've never time traveled. I don't know. I get not... You haven't time traveled. (laughs) I'm an admin. (laughs) Has anyone here ever time traveled? Well, we had to get here. Yeah, I guess you plucked me out of my time. Yeah, that's true. See? I'm from 2101. Well, I wasn't born 2101. I was born 2065. Our admin AI can't do math. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes me like... 36? 36, yeah. I'm 36. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> AI software can't compute. Well, I'm not AI. If you went up and asked the higher up, they would know. I'm just a, I'm just a man, if that wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. That's what an AI would say. <laughs> that is actually a valid gonna, question. Did it did it hurt when we time traveled here? What it felt like was that it kind of felt like you're being pulled from the insides out from like behind your belly button. Oh. It didn't feel great, but it also didn't have really like any like lasting effects like after you got to the place. It did last a little bit longer than you expected though, to get through time. Don't need to worry about any of that. Let's head over. Everybody just uh, put your wrist in the slots around that the ring there. And in that big ring that's coming out of the ground with a big uh, hologram map, these slots, we can see that, like, obviously the braces fit in. There's, like, ten of them, but you all four just need to pick one. I got number six. When we're all sitting there with our wrists in there, I'm going to go, um, did anyone else lie on their resume? Nope, nobody else. You filled out a resume? All right, here we go. And behind a console that's, like, behind one of those, uh, like, leaded walls... Then he's standing, like when dentists give you an x-ray, 
and uh, he uh, smashes down on the button. And instantly, you all probably are familiar with this. It feels like you were in a like in a spaceship, and then somebody opened a door without equalizing the pressure first, and you all were like sucked out that doorway. And it seems to last quite a while, even maybe longer than when you all were pulled to the future. And it's taking a lot longer than you imagined. And a few moments later, and then it feels like the entire Earth came up and slammed into U4. It doesn't feel like U4 slammed into the Earth. It feels like the Earth slammed into you. And there are just, uh, there's this big explosion of hay and straw, whatever, straw or hay, whatever one is the right one. And you four find yourselves in just itchy darkness. Oh, mm. um, are you guys all right? Uh, relatively. <laughs> Shouldn't have had that last shot. I'm sorry. Why is the floor all wet? <laughs> I don't want to know. Oh, you ain't never been in a barn before. No. Oh, it smells terrible on here. <sighs> I can see why they didn't want to send somebody else. That didn't feel great. So we're in a barn. This is where the guy died. Probably. Probably. All right. Well, I don't know, but I need some air and I'm going to like pat my hands against the wall trying to find like a window or something. Yeah, you uh, you burst out of this this straw pot. Is it straw or hay? I know there's a difference, I but I don't know what the difference is. So I don't know if you have piles of hay in a stable or piles of straw in a stable. There will be straw on the ground for like bedding and like for like animals like trot around and to muck out. Uh, and then there would be uh, be dry bales of hay or uh, and things for the horses to eat. Okay, so this would be straw, I do believe, then. Theodore, you're able to push away enough to see, even after clearing your vision, all the straw that you four in this, in this big pile that's inside the middle of the stables. Even once you clear that vision, it's still pretty dim vision. There is this kind of, it's like a red glow coming in from these small windows around the stables and the the stable doors are just barely ajar at the moment letting in this this red light come through is there like horses and stuff in here are we alone there are horses in here i am also going to dig out through the straw i kind of picture once theodore kind of disrupted enough of it you know you all can kind of poke your heads out but it's just kind of a mass of limbs arms and legs all sticking every which way all four of you slammed into this one single pile of straw. Uh, I will uh, poke out carefully because uh, Theodore being Theodore and Theodoring away, I don't want to spook the horses any more than they could already possibly be spooked. When he first arrived, erupted here, uh, they seemed like they quit doing whatever they were doing. They they quit their daily card game. No, they quit their like you know their eating of hay and everything. But it doesn't take them more than like five seconds to just go back to just eating, sleeping, drinking some water, whatever. They kind of start to ignore you. Are we sure this is the right place? It doesn't smell like 1215. Or does it? I look straight to Pappy like he would know. This definitely doesn't smell modern. Not even a little bit. That's because you haven't been probably outside. Anywhere could smell like this. You said there was red light coming in. Is that like sunset sort of red light? Or does it seem unnatural. Haha, I know where we're at. Roxanne's. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. Pappy. No? No. You can either just roll a uh, smart check. No, wits. Wits is like the perception of uh, Shiver. Or you could just 
like go look out a window. Uh, those are your two things you can do. But we haven't rolled yet tonight, so I wouldn't hate that. Dice rollers hate me. I'm just going to go look out a window. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you uh, you go and look at the nearest window. That's that's actually like in the um, the stable that you four are in. And uh, as soon as you open up the wooden shutters, you can see that it is a blood moon out tonight. Oh. What is it? Is everything burning? No, no, it's just a blood moon. That's fine. Yeah, that's not ominous. Doesn't sound fine. Do you want to light one of those candles so we can look around in here? Let's see if this is where the guy died. Now, hold on. If this is a stable, that means that the stable belongs to somebody if they can afford horses and a stable boy. And we are on their property, probably. And uh, I don't want to uh, get got or have to get anybody already <laughs> within the first five minutes. That is a good point. Yes. Well, I mean, we're not going to hurt anyone. We're just going to light a candle. And alert somebody who owns this um, this here thing to our presence. Well, let's get out of here then and get some fresh air and try to find out where we're at. Could I have you real quick uh, roll a uh, smart check also, please? A smart check. Smart check. Is that your thing, Pappy? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Gwen's holding up a zero. Did you get any strangers to tick up the doom clock? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, zero success is one strange. Oh, that means we add one minute to the doom clock. I also got zero success in one strange. And that's with a five smarts. Yeah, I was thinking you would be the one that we leaned on here. (laughs) Well, I have one success and one strange. So your strange will not come into effect. Stranges only affect failed rolls. Also, does anybody have any lucks that rolled? Oh, yes. One luck. Because if you got a luck. On the shiver dice roller, you can click the little plus sign under luck, and you can bank a luck, which means that whenever you want, uh, you can use that luck to add one to your dice pool. Uh, I think everyone can only bank one, except Pappy can bank two, or everybody can bank two, and Pappy can bank three. It's two and three. So, yeah, you can if you roll a luck and you fail, you bank it, and uh, it can help you out in the future. What does it mean when it says add one talent die when making smarts checks to investigate an area? So that would mean that the little oval at the bottom of your dice roller, you can add one more to that. And talent dies are much better than stat dice because talent dies are D8s, whereas core dice are D6s. You were actually not investigating an area for that uh, because Pappy... The one that you probably wouldn't lean on to remember any uh, details. Pappy, you remember that the person who was murdered first in this event was a stable boy named Ambrose. Aha! I know why we're here. It's not Roxanne. It's the stable boy. Perhaps he's in the stable. Oh, we should look. Did we arrive before he was murdered or after he was murdered? Are we supposed to prevent his murder? Or make sure it happens. We got here 13 hours before the thing happened, right? When he died, it's actually tied to the present timeline. So when, say, maybe 15 minutes passed for you all to gear up and get back here, that means that he has died 15 minutes ago. It was probably more like a half an hour ago for for them to find the blip, for you all to gear up, for Benjamin to talk to you about it a little bit. So it's he probably died about 30 minutes ago. 
So it was like real time. I'm going to walk over to one of the horse stalls and just kind of lean up against it and just glance over. Are you looking in the horse stall? Mm-hmm. Okay. Roll me a um, wits check. So on the roller, I just click on the wits if I've already entered my thing, right? And it'll roll it for me. Yep, if your stats are all put up on that. One success. And I do have a luck at the bottom. I don't know what that means. Zero strange. If you've got a luck at the bottom, that means that you can bank one luck. And you will be passing that, that roll. Let me just make sure that it is. Uh, wit is picking lock, sneaking and stealth, sleight of hand. Throwing, um, so it actually should have been smart, but I, I said wit, so we'll stick with wit. So smart is kind of the investigation. But you do see not only in that pin with that horse, you see right underneath your feet, you're actually standing in it as you go over and stand over uh, and lean on the post. You're actually standing in a pretty big blood stain in the uh, in the dirt, in the sand. Do I see the body in the stall? There is no body, no. Ha I seem to have found evidence. Uh, oh, shit. Now it's everywhere. Oh. Just just stay still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just like that. Let's uh let's take a look. Theodore, you seem to be uh good at this sort of thing. Would you mind taking a, a look around and and seeing if you can see anything that isn't uh Pappy's fault? Sure, I'll take a look. Pappy, did you kill him? Smart check, please. Smart check, okay. Now that we know that. So uh I'll while Jeremy's rolling, I I want to go ahead and Again, just because it's a new system and everything. Um, I'm going to run through the stats real quick. There's grit, which is kind of like strength. Lifting heavy objects, punching, running, climbing. Wit, it's kind of like your decks. Picking locks, sneaking, stealth, sleight of hand, firearms and throwing. Smarts, I mean, it's your like, intelligence and your wisdom if you're coming from a D&D background. Because it's obtaining knowledge from your surroundings, improvised weapons and tools using commute, uh, computers and tech. Heart, persuasion, deception, performance, kind of like a charisma. Luck is a new one. And that is what Pappy has in spades, no pun intended. It is determining how naturally lucky you are, which everything kind of has a random amount of luck. But there is also strange, uh, which is like using magic and psychic powers. None of our four players actually have a strange background. There's like a in shiver, but there is a uh, archetype that is based on strange. So that means pretty much any time that they roll strange is probably going to be bad news and tick up that doom clock. So Theodore, how'd you, uh, how'd you look? Any tick up of the doom clock? Well, I wanted to know, am I investigating an area? Yes, you are. I think your talent or whatever it was is going to come in effect here. And then I have another ability. So I got two successes and one strange. Uh, so the strange does not matter. Okay. Because you succeeded. So what that means is uh, you'll... You'll see as you're looking at this blood stain in the dirt and from this dim light of the blood moon coming in, you can see Pappy's uh, foot, foot markings where he was trying to like kick away some of the, the blood off his shoes. But you also are able to just, just barely make out this faint line of a couple blood streaks that have been, it looks like something was dragged from this blood stain out through the barn doors. Um, I th- think something... Something schooldoggerous has been going on here. It seems like somebody has killed and dragged some sort of body around this corner. There's blood everywhere. Well, we knew that, the the stable boy, so... Well, it seems to have gone that way. 
Let's follow it in the dark. Sure. This will be fine. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, we can still light the candles, but... Not yet. That, that was a, a good point that Corsair had. We probably don't want to draw attention to ourselves. So, uh, following this marking through, out exiting the stable, I guess the barn. I guess it's called a barn, right? The stable, barn? Well, it's probably just stable, you know. Probably stable. We'll just call it stable because we've been calling it stable all night. <laughs> you all uh, open the double doors and outside you do see a man that's holding a torch pretty bright light surrounding like a you know like a 10 foot circle around him it's dim light silhouetting you for the uh, in the stable door and he's got one hand holding the torch and one hand holding a, like a one-headed broom and he's just kind of like sweeping hay off to the side roll let's roll some wit checks and see if he notices you or not unless you don't care if he notices you uh, I care, so I'll roll wits. I just want to make sure that I call for enough rolls that we could tick that doom clock up some because <laughs> yep, I've got some fun uh, stuff. For one strange. One strange, wow. so we will add one minute to the doom clock. Three strange. We're at three minutes. <laughs> what? Oh, no. What? So we're at six minutes on the doom clock. Oh, no. I got zero and zero. Okay. What does that mean, six minutes on the doom clock? The Doom Clock is a pretty integral mechanic of Shiver, which actually is how we got our name, Doom Clock. I think it was Jeremy that was like, why don't we just call it Doom Clock? It's like, oh, fuck yeah, that's a good name. So in Shiver, there's something called the Doom Clock where every 15 minutes, something bad happens. So whenever you tick up the Doom Clock, if it hits 15 minutes, I will come up with something that will be very detrimental to you for this is called a doom event yes a doom event um if 30 minutes happen something worse will happen 45 minutes something even worse i think mostly if 60 minutes ever happens on a hunt it's generally gonna be the target has been eliminated Spoiler alert, that just kind of makes most sense because that 60 minutes is supposed to be like an apocalyptic event. So we'll just say at 60 minutes, that's probably going to be when the target is killed. So that doom clock is really just a steady reminder that things are always, it's always a race against the clock. And at six minutes, we're only nine minutes away from the first doom event. Seven minutes away. Oh no. Seven minutes away. Because I have two strange and zero successes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Fun fact, my wife said this game was too anxiety inducing to play. (laughs) (laughs) So we are at eight minutes, which means seven minutes away from the doom clock and everybody failed their wit check. So uh, the the barn door as you all uh, swing it open, it gets a loud creak. The man, you can tell from the torchlight that's sweeping, uh, turns towards you all. And you all see it's, it looks like he's wearing like a priest robes, not much unlike Gwyn's. He looks at you all and he looks back down at the ground. You don't know what he's looking at. And he looks back at you all again. Can I help you? Gwyn, he looks like you. Go. This, this is you. <laughs> tell him we're here for um, godly duties. Hello. Hello, father. Who are you? This not father. No. This Dudley. Brother? Yes, yes, yes. Brother Dudley. It is lovely to meet you. And you are? I am Sister Grace, and I have been sent 
to meet you. What for? Hmm? We are here on a mission from God. How'd you get into the stables? He sent us. A god? Indeed, yes. God? Yes. The god? Yes. How about a hearts check from our <laughs> one and only Gwen? <laughs> For a big old deception check right here. I will one say it's going to be a low check. Oh, that's that's all we needed? Because, uh, spoiler, Dildy's not the... Okay, he's not very good at reading people. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I bet he sent you all to back me up. And what is your mission? What has he sent you to do? Nobody seems to believe me about the the stable boy that was just murdered. And I bet you four all know all about that, right? It's all part of God's plan. We did know about him. Yes. And his name was? Ambrose was his name. You do know you are sent from God. Yes, nobody else in the town seems to remember this Ambrose except for me. What can you tell me about Ambrose? What do you remember of him? He was a great boy, but he was meant to be much higher than I just a simple stable boy, but uh he was he was well on his way and then he was just murdered by the beast. And what was he meant for? He was the smartest man smartest stable boy you ever did see, but alas he was cut short at the young age of thirteen by the beast. And tell me of this beast. Did you see it? I did, with my own two eyes. Nobody believes me. Nobody remembers Ambrose. It's just, everybody thinks that Dudley's just the bubbling old priest again. Sent me to sweep up the dirt. No, Brother Dudley. We believe you. It is not dirt. It is dirt and the blood of a young man. It's still dirt, but with blood, yes. Tell me of this beast that you saw. Did you see it kill Dud- Ambrose? I did. I saw it. I came. Uh, I was sent to I sent to help with stable duties uh, due to me letting slip a few church secrets. And um, as soon as I walked into my stable here, I call it my stable now. I saw the de- the beast ripping apart Dudley before uh, jumping through the window with its crooked body. And was this beast in the form of a man? The form of a an animal? The form of a devil? <laughs> yes. All of the above? All all the above. It was a... Oh, my. A two-legged devil beast. It was tower. It was crooked in all the wrong angles and all the wrong places. But it was a beast. Nobody believes me. Nobody even knows who, who Ambrose was. Everyone thinks I'm making up lies. But you four, you four know about... Ambrose, yes. We do. And we mourn him with you. You said the beast left through a window. Which window? One of the windows in the back left corner there. He's pointing into the stable. Did you see where it went after it left? Oh, no, I was too shaken by the whole event. And I ran over to Ambrose's side to try to administer aid. But it was far too late. What happened to Ambrose? And nobody else seemed to care or see. I had to bury him myself my own, with my own shovel in the graveyard. I believe we must track this beast. Thank you, Brother Dudley, for all of your help. Yes, would you like any more help? Anything you can offer us would be wonderful. I've got a broom. I will accept your broom. No, you can't have my broom physically. So, uh... 
Brother Dudley, my name's Brother uh, Elwood. Oh, good. Pleased to meet you. Another brother of the cloth? Yeah, yeah. It took you 30 minutes to to dig a whole grave in the graveyard? It's not very deep. Oh, all right. right. Uh, I guess I'd try and make a a wits roll. Seems like a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot happened. (laughs) And uh, Dudley's just saying whatever sounds good. And I don't like it. Yeah, so in Shiver, it, it's a system where I don't know if any other systems, like your players can just straight up ask, like, can I make a, one of these roles? And also, the director, as they call me, can also ask for, to make roles. So you're trying to read him, right? Kind of like an insight check in D&D. Guess that would be it. I think that would be a smart. Oh, uh, okay. About the surroundings. I was, I was going between smarts and hearts, but I think smarts is best. All right. I have uh, two successes. Two successes. Okay. You feel like in this two-minute conversation, you have completely just nailed down everything that Dudley's about. Even him mentioning that he accidentally let slip some church secrets and got banished to cleaning out stables, how openly he is talking with you all, and everything about him. You think that, A, A he is definitely telling the truth to his best knowledge and and b that you don't think he has the capability of lying uh which may have been what got him in trouble in the first place hmm. shall i show you to the to the grave yeah yeah so go go see the work of the beast Dudley. god be with you hey theo yeah are you jake or are you mighty mac i, I need to know which one we're playing here i don't know I was going to go with Michael. No, no, no. We're doing the whole, like, mission from God thing. I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't watch the the material that they they have, the whole library in there of DVDs. Yeah. I don't know. I must have missed that one. Oh, okay. It's fine. You beat Jake. Okay. Are you two coming? I just like Mighty Mac. I just look. Hi, I'm, I'm Jake. And I'm Mighty Mac. Well, follow me then. Follow me. It's not a far walk at all. It seems like the stables are uh, pretty much like bordering this graveyard. You walk for maybe five to ten minutes. And when you reach it, it's not like you picture cemeteries now. It is mostly like rough mounds of dirt. Some have grass growing out of them now. It's all various kind of levels of grass growths, growths from it. And he leads you all over to a the nearest grave. He wasn't lying. There is no gravestone. There's nothing given marking the body. It is just a rough mound of dirt. And true to his word, you can see the toast still sticking out. They were forcing me to go back to work, so I didn't have much time to dig a grave. You all could maybe help me. You all could see him, right? Nobody else could seem to be able to see his body. Indeed, we see him. How many people have you showed this to? Oh, I had a lot of my friends from the church come around and they all thought it was crazy. I'm not crazy, though. You four can see it and you four are from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is it disrespectful to investigate? Well, I think if you four are going to help me dig a deeper grave, I think that will be much better than just leaving it in the toes sticking up. Yes, we take him out, we dig deeper, and then we put him back. I'm going to start digging with my hands. It does not take long. It's just like a very thin layer. 
Again, I really like doing rolls in Shiver. Let's do some more uh, intelligence rolls, please, everybody. Smarts checks, I mean. One success, no strange. We're looking for a one. So I got zero success and one strange, but I have an ability that says I can re-roll failed smart checks. Okay. Which I didn't notice before. So I re-roll and I have zero and zero. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Corsair, Pappy? Uh, yeah, too strange, too strange, too strange. Nice. Fucking thank you, Ernest. <laughs> Love you. We are at 10 minutes now, unless Pappy's got some too. Fist and a strange. So zero successes. 11 minutes on the doom clock. Awesome. Gwen and Theo, after getting all the dirt off his body, uh, you two look at it and it's a couple things. It does seem like that relative timeline seems to match the level of decomposition. Like it does seem like a pretty fresh dead body as in it's, it's cold, but uh, it's not super decomposed or anything. You two could find that it has what looks like a large bear bit him in the uh the left shoulder and then also along like parallel to his uh like to his pelvis uh like right below his belly button you see four long it looks like rips or like tears like like from like knives or really big claws so you see him yes yes yeah you see the beast the work of the beast so no wonder he he died with these kind of wounds you said this was a man. These don't look like claw marks from a fingernail. Oh, I did not say it was a man. No, it was... Uh, no, he he did say it was a beast. It was a beast, man, devil. All of the above, remember? Yeah, but those things aren't real. Surely it was either a man or some sort of animal. Oh, it was a, lo- it was a loogaroo. Mm. Lo- a loogaroo? I've heard that term. We should lay Ambrose to rest and... Uh, begin our chase of this beast. We can be comforted that this is not John Cena. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pappy. Please, please dig quickly. Who is this John Cena? Oh, just someone we know. You can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently his time is now. How about we do some grit checks? Uh, who's all, for whoever is helping dig the hole? I will attempt to help dig the hole. Oh, die roller, don't do, don't do it, don't do it. Come on, Ernest has to have a a success somewhere in here tonight. Nope, I got one strange, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I love playing this with Ernest. Man. I love it. Die roller, I'm not Danny. I'm not Danny. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Shots fired. been rolling decent tonight, which is very strange and unusual. And let's knock on some wood here. Um, I would like to help as well, and I got one success, zero strange. All right, so it's Corsair and Gwen digging. Yeah, apparently I have stopped helping at zero and <laughs> zero. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it probably is. I think any more than two people would probably just be getting, like, in the way. I can't tell if that's thunder in my headphones or outside of my window. Probably outside the window. It's uh, been pretty rainy. <laughs> it has been. So... It's mostly Gwen doing it. Corsair's helping a little bit, but Gwen, you are are able to get the hole at least six feet deep. We'll say that it takes, let's do two hours. We we don't want to spend that kind of time here. I I don't feel like we need to get him six feet deep. I think we just need to get him toes deep. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, so just 
<laughs> just where his toes aren't popping up. How about how about we say one hour? <sighs> Which I know that math doesn't work out equally, but it would only be about an hour and a half total that you all would have been here. You would think that you'd probably have enough time, maybe. I would hate to spend time digging a grave when we could spend it chasing after this thing that is getting further away. Okay. I would rather make promises to come back. Okay. How about we say, uh, since you wanted to get him just toes deep, <laughs> where his toes aren't sticking out quite anymore, we'll say that between that, the digging, and the conversations, and the barn, and everything, in the stable, we'll say that we're now just one hour into all 15. So now, how can I help? Maybe borrow your torch, Brother Dudley. It's my torch. It's a very nice torch. It's very expensive. God says to share, Dudley. I'll just come with you. I'll just, well, I'll just help the torch come with you. Well. Please come with us. And I got my broom. He's holding one broom in one hand and the torch in the other. All right. Let us proceed back to the stable and investigate where this beast leapt out the window. Okay, let's do it. And yeah, we, it's, again, it's just a five to minute walk back to the stables. It was that window right there. And he points at the window that, Pappy, it was the one where you found the bloodstain. So it was a bloodstain, then like the horse, and then it was the uh, the window out. Perhaps the horse saw something. The horse maybe did see something. Anybody have anything for that? <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think anyone has to speak with animals quite yet. No, no? that is oh, not a okay. skill that I have. But we do have powers of observation. Perhaps we could look on the ground and see if there's a, any indication of where this beast might have gone. Yes, you you all look on the... I've been avoiding looking down because... Indeed, yes. On the roof! I will look on the roof. Rats don't like heights, right? I will climb to the roof and see if there's any claw marks on the roof. Garcia, you want to give me a lift? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, let's try this. Let's do a Corsair doing a uh, a grit trek. Uh, surely this is this is it. This, right this is here, my right? time, Corsair. This is Corsair's time to just hurl Pappy up on the roof. So you are John Cena. Your time is now. I mean, I, I wish my time was now, but uh, I got one string to two hearts, though. Now this is going to be something that's kind of on my based on you know what I'm feeling in the moment, and if somebody does get a lot of a different stat that than the set that they're going for, like hearts, two hearts. We can change it a little bit where Corsair is going to lift up Pappy. And as he does, like he can feel like his muscles, like he, Pappy's a little bit more dense than he was expecting, right? Oh, too many cupcakes, Pappy. Too many cupcakes. Pappy's too many fucking cupcakes come out of the uh, vending machine free. But uh, with two hearts, we'll say that Corsair is able to really persevere and it's it's more of a mental game that he's able to somehow lift pappy up he does he really doesn't want to get pappy hurt with his frail old man body and he's able to uh lift pappy up and hurl him onto the roof not every role is always going to work like that where you know i ask for a grit check and you, you you fail the grit track but you get good in a different stat but sometimes when it makes sense we can do that and that's in the shiver actual role book so, Pappy, you are thrown <laughs> onto the roof. <laughs> Thanks, Corsair. Uh-huh, yeah. We got to talk about this uh, this, uh, this cupcake thing uh, when we uh, get back. And Gwyneth Theodore, were you two the ones that were uh, investigating the um, 
the stable and the window that this thing left out of? Yeah, I would have been trying to check it out. And yeah, outside and yeah. Okay, you two roll smart checks, please. Zero success, zero strange. One success and zero strange. Okay, okay. So we're at 12 minutes on the Doom Clock, so we're getting up to the first Doom event. But, uh, Theodore, you were able to see that, like, you, you follow where Dudley said that this beast leapt out this window. This window's not very big. And Dudley explained this thing to be, like, seven, eight, nine feet tall, you know, massive. So it seems really weird that I was able to get out this small window. But on the outside of the window, you walk around the stable and you see a light rain has started now. But even in the just the glow from the the blood moon, you can look down, you can see what looks like maybe like two large bear footprints. But there's only two. And then there's just there's just no more in front of that. There's no more prints at all in front of that. So the way that this window was facing, it was actually facing to the town of Canterbury, Kent. Yeah, I think when Theodore is leaning out the window and he sees Gwen has walked around the other side, he's like, this is pretty small for some sort of massive antlion devil creature, whatever it was. I mean, didn't he say he was nine feet tall? I could barely fit through this thing. He did. Hmm. I'm going to slowly look behind me and make sure dude's not creeping up on me or something now, because now I feel like Theodore would be slightly suspicious of him. Is there like, is he like behind me or what's he doing? Can I see him at all? I think he would be on the inside of the stables. Well, I think I'm on the inside, like looking out the window and then saw Gwen walked around and was investigating outside. Okay. Yeah. He's, uh, he just standing there with his torch and his broom, both held upright, just like smiling at you. You need any help? Yeah. Didn't you say this was some sort of large devil man? I mean, this window's pretty small. This is the one he escaped through. Yes, he jumped right through there. He squeezed down like a kumquat. What exactly did this thing look like again? I thought you said he was some sort of beast. Yes, he was eight, nine feet tall. He looked like a... Well, he'd have to be smaller than me to fit through here. No, he looked like a very large man, but all of his appendages were bent at the wrong angles. Hmm, Don't like it. Bless you. Perhaps we should continue to the town. All right, well... It's better than just hanging out this window. I like go as if I'm going to like climb out of it. And it's just too, is it too small for me to climb out of? It is too small for you. Yes. See, I can't even fit my legs through here. <laughs> well, why would you go in the legs first? That doesn't make any sense. I don't want to fall and hit my head. What is that noise up on the roof? No, no, that is just our friend. What can you tell me, Brother Dudley, about the town? Oh, it's a town of Canterbury, Kent. Oh, it's the, uh, it's really not a whole lot of, except for the Canterbury Cathedral is kind of the essential point and the what brings in the the outsiders such as you four. Indeed, a site of pil- pilgrimage. And, uh... Yeah, other than that, there's, uh, there's a very good, bo- very good bar named the, the Bar. But other than that, there's not much going on in the town other than the cathedral. The castle, perhaps? Uh, I, don't th- I don't think so. <laughs> There may be. I haven't been there. If so, anywhere that I have not been there does not exist. Of course, of course. What's the height difference between the top of the window and the the roof of this barn? Probably about 10 feet. You can probably slide down, grab on, and like drop down relatively safely. There's a lot of noise along the roof. 
but I am sitting in one spot kind of looking around. Is there anything obvious beast up here? Roll a uh, a smart check, please. Yes, because that is what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, hit that f- first quarter of the hour doom clock. How many did we need? Because I got two strange. Three, so we are one minute away. Mm. Clock is ticking. 14 minutes of the doom clock, everybody. This is one thing that I've now ran a shiver at least one shot three times now. All the corporate risers one shot three times. I've never, I don't think, hit 30 minutes. So I realized that I either need to, A, ask for more rolls because all of these hunts are going to be one shots, right? Like we are going to achieve this adventure tonight. Or B, tweak it so that, and maybe like double the minutes or something. And I wanted to do it by the rules tonight and kind of see how we land on that. But, but yeah, I've never really got to 30 minutes. And I think that the ticking of the doom clock is a real big stress factor for the players and for listeners. And it's kind of like a big part of Shiver. So I want to make sure that we're really utilizing it and really, you know, pushing the limits of that. But for tonight, we're just going by the books. I'm going to see how it goes. And I mean, we're at 14 minutes, so that's fun. We're close to hitting something. Yeah, Pappy, up here, you don't see anything. You do not see any kind of signs of the beast. It looks like wherever Theodore was looking, you know, off towards the direction of the town. But other than that, there's not anything up here on the roof. I'm just gathering items or straw or whatever, like little pebbles and tossing them in different directions. Nope, nothing up here. I think that'll be a good spot for... Okay, something just hit my window as soon as you said tossing pebbles. It is 10 o'clock at night here about, and I don't know what would have thrown a pebble out my window. So that's nice and creepy. I do think I, I want to give everybody just a quick, maybe five minute bio break. Oh, is it hailing here, Johnny? That's wild because it was like 90 degrees today. Either way, uh, I want to give everybody like a five minute bio break. Uh, we'll come back. Everybody, if that's fine with you four, just uh, be right back. Stay tuned. I forget what the RBRB screen is, but we'll find out right now. See you, everybody. Majestic Goose Podcast. Hi.